tuned to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. Make sure, make sure you're subscribed to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast, available wherever you get your podcast from. And make sure you follow me on Twitter at Big Sarge Sports with a Z at the end. You can find me on the Tick and the Talk at Big Sarge Media. And you can find me on YouTube at Big Sarge Media. All right, listen, I ain't got time to be playing around today. Let's just go ahead and hop right into this thing. Well, I guess Joel and beating James Harden have time now to be on the Gillian Wallow podcast. Kevin Hart podcast. Maybe they can go on this little YouTube show that he does where you sit in the cold tub and maybe both of them can go at the same time and sit down and talk with them. Maybe they look, they only have two tubs in there, one for Kevin and one for the guests. Maybe they can put like two other ones in there and have Harden and Bede and Doc Rivers. I mean, what else they got to do? They got time now. I guess they can be in Creed 4. I mean, since Jonathan Majors is, you know, living out his real life character from the movie i mean i don't know if joel and b could play a boxer because he's too tall but maybe harden could doc has the temperament for it like i mean they got and it because they have the time to do these things they have the time to be on gillian wallow and kevin harden and, and creed for hell they got time to get cheesesteak and you know being whatever hype video that the philadelphia eagles are making for the upcoming season like they got time they have time and the reason why they have time is because they got their asses whipped in game seven against the Boston Celtics in the playoffs on, on Sunday. Like they got they like they got their butts handed to them. And before I get off into Mr. 713, and y'all know who Mr. 713 is. And for those of you all who don't know, 713 is the is one of the area codes, one of the many area codes for Houston. It is the first area code. Like everybody knows, if you say 713, everybody automatically associates that with Houston, Texas. So before I get into Mr. 713, let's talk about Glenn Rivers. I'm sorry. Some of you all know him as Doc. Let's get off into Glenn Doc Rivers. Hey, just ain't good in game seven. Sorry, sir. Just ain't, just ain't good in game sevens. When, se when game sevens come around, all I hear is. Yeah. Yeah. Every time it's time for Doc Rivers to coach a game seven, it's pretty much. Maybe the moment is just too big for you. Maybe the moment is just too big for you, uh, Glenn. Maybe you, you you haven't gotten used to it, or I don't understand. You've lost 10 game seven, 10 game sevens, 10 game seven situations, 10 game sevens, 10 of those when the game is on, when the series is on the line, you don't know how to coach. You just... Forget how to coach. I mean, I don't know what to expect, though. You have a 111 and 104 playoff record. So I get it, Glenn. Them game sevens be having you like. Yeah. So I don't see how you can keep your job after. I didn't say you kept your job after game six, though. I don't see how Glenn Rivers was able to keep his job 
after game six, I would have fired you for the fourth quarter that Jason Tatum had. Like, Jason Tatum was having a terrible three quarters of basketball in game six. And then all of a sudden, a rookie head coach, a first-year head coach in Boston Celtics head coach, Joe Mazzula, outcoached you and said, hmm, you know what will probably work? You know how I can get Jason going? Let's switch him, make sure that Joel Embiid is guarding him. Let's pull him out. Let's pull Joel Embiid out of the paint and make him hold Jason Tatum on the perimeter, which he can't. Joel Embiid is a is, is a really, really, really good NBA defender when you keep him in the paint, when you keep him around the paint. But if you're pulling him out of that paint, he's too big and his feet isn't quick enough to stay in front of a player, an, a first-team all-NBA player like Jason Tatum. And so for whatever Jason was doing the first three quarters, and he missed a lot of good shots, but for whatever he was doing, in the fourth quarter of game six against the Philadelphia 76ers, he got it together. And Joe Mazzulla said, hey, I got something that we can exploit. And then he exploited it in, in, in the fourth quarter of game six, in the first, second, third, and fourth quarter of game seven. And you on the sideline, Doc, just looking like, hey, man, so like y'all got my hotel reservations ready for Cancun, right? Y'all already know what we're doing, right? Like, I'm going to bring y'all along, talking to the assistant coaches. I'm going to bring y'all along. No, we'll lead the players. We'll lead the players for later on. I got to think of some more, you know, inspirational gospel songs that's going to get James Harden through the offseason because they are about to cook him. James Harden is going to get cooked. So, I mean, it, it, it's going to be him, and then they're going to throw a little bit over to Joel. But, you know, I, 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 you know, you know how they get to talking. I, I, I should be safe. No, you're not safe, Glenn. You're not. You're not. Like I said, I would have fired you after game six. After watching that that debacle in game game six in the fourth quarter on where I think the, if I'm not mistaken, the 76ers scored 13 points. And the, the Celtics is like, if you can get us to, if we can get to a game seven, it's done. And then you got blew out. You got blew out and you got outcoached by a rookie coach. But I digress. Let me go ahead and get to Mr. H-Town, Mr. 713, Mr. This My City, Mr. This My City, Mr. I, I'm, I'm, I, I am Houston. Ain't nobody more Houston than me. Let's get to Mr. James Harden. So, Here it is, right? Here it is. I'm, I'm just gonna start it this way. <sighs> so I typed a text to a girl I used to see, saying that I chose this cutie pie with whom I wanna be. And I apologize if this message gets you down. And then I cc'd every girl that I'd cc round town. And but wait, hear me out. But wait, hear me out. But I'm no island peninsula man. <sighs> James. Speaking of game six, speaking of game six against the Boston Celtics, James, you were one for six in the second half. You shot 17% from the field. You were four for 16 
four for 16. 25% in game six. You shot 25% for the game in game six. You were 0 for 6 from three-point range. In game seven, you were 311 from the field, shooting 27%. Combined, in game six and game seven, you went seven for 27. 26% from the field. You're, you're a Hall of Famer. I made a case for you on the last podcast that you should have been third-team All-NBA. I mean, because there's no way Joel Embiid really wins that MVP award without you leading the league in assists. I, I made a case for you to be third-team All-NBA this year. I felt like you got snubbed. And then you turn right back around and you go and lay duds in game six, and in game seven. Seven for 27 from the field, 27%. 27% from the field. Nine points in game seven? Like, this is what you're doing. This is what you're doing, James. Side note. Back to Glenn Rivers real quick. Hey, Doc, was it you that watched the Rockets come back from a 3-1 deficit when you were coaching the Los Angeles Clippers? Wasn't it you that watched when the Rockets were down by 19 points in the third, late in the third quarter and by 12 points in the fourth quarter of game six where you were leading them 3-2? You watched... The Rockets come back on your Clippers team while James Harden was on the bench. You don't remember that, Doc? Like, you smoke too many black and miles? Side note, I don't know if he smokes black and miles or not. Let me preface my statement by saying that. I don't know if he smoked black and miles. I don't know if he takes edibles. I don't know what he drink. I, I don't know. I mean, just looking at him, Doc looked like he drink hard, that, that brown liquor, though. Like, it looks like Doc Rivers may have shared, shared a couple of drinks with Michael Jordan because I can't be the only one that think that Michael Jordan bleeds and sweats dark liquor. Like, it's just me? Like, nobody really paid attention to that? Nobody really paid attention to the fact that Michael Jordan looked like he sweats and bleeds dark liquor? Another story for another time. Hey, Doc, you watched. You watched. The Rockets come back on you when you were with the Clippers. Another debacle. You watched them come back on you when James Harden was on the bench. And now you're putting your faith, you put your faith in James Harden being able to help lead your team to the Eastern Conference Finals? That's what you did? Like you thought that this James Harden, this one. Well, I get it. He fooled you in two good games. But it's a seven-game series. He fooled you with two and played terrible the other five. And if you didn't think that what you got in game seven out of James Harden, like if you didn't think that that was going to happen, I ask you to go back to 2012 when James Harden was with the Oklahoma City Thunder and they played against the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. We watched James have a brilliant, brilliant, an, uh, uh, an astonishing Western Conference Finals. 
If it wasn't for James Harden, the the Oklahoma City Thunder probably doesn't make it to the finals. And even though they had Kevin Durant, and even though they had uh, even though they had Kevin Durant, and even though they had Russell Westbrook, they really don't make it without James Harden. Then James Harden gets into the finals and say, "Oh, no! I thought I was just supposed to help get y'all here. I didn't think we were supposed to, like I'm supposed to help win it." Like, it's my job to help win it, too? No, no, wait, hold on. No. Yeah, so, like, I want it to be a big three, but can we just say it can be, let, let's just call it a big uh, two and three quarters, or two and a half. God dang, bro. How you, so, I try to get back to doing math again, because that half and that three quarters is all you had to do, Doc, was look at James's history and say, you know what? We're going into a game seven. I know I ain't good in game sevens, and I know that James ain't good in game seven, so I know what I need to do. I need to call up on Sam Cassell, somebody who has some championship pedigree. I need to call up on Sam Cassell and say, hey, man, I'm going to need you to draw up some type of scheme or some type of plan to get us past this game seven. Now, I'll, if we get to the Eastern Conference Finals, I'll coach us in games one through six, but if we get to a game seven, I'm going to need you again. You should have seen this coming from James Harden. You should have known that sometimes when the moment gets really, really big, James gets really, really small. Pause. I digress. See, this is where I normally get myself in trouble. This is this is the part where I normally I normally get myself in trouble. But I just looked at my wrist, I got time today. Get them crossing the line today. The hate be so real, the love be fake. Be bumping their gums and bumping my tape. Yeah. I looked at my wrist. I got time today. I got I got time. I got time for to, to talk about what I'm about to talk about now. And so this Harden and Houston idea has been tossed around a lot this season. And it picked up steam after the game seven debacle on Sunday. Like, listen. Those of you all who don't know, I, I I covered the Rockets. I covered the Houston Rockets with uh Houston with uh with Rockets Wire USA Today. So I I I am a beat writer for Rockets Wire USA Today, and I cover the day to day activities of the Houston Rockets. So I have been hearing this entire season, hey James may be coming back. James may be coming back. James may be coming back, and I was like. Come back for what? Check on his house? Come back, check on his restaurant? Coming back to kick it with some of the people that he know here? Come, coming back where? Come, coming back for what? For why? You, you, no possible way you could be talking about it. James Harden was coming back to the, to, to, James Harden was coming back to the Houston Rockets? There's no possible way. And before I get started, let me tell you all this. I am a diehard James Harden fan. I have defended James Harden on more than one occasion, and I've been in rooms, and I've been in discussions where I have been the only person, the only person defending James Harden in the way that he played and, and what happened and transpired when he was here in Houston. Sometimes I've been the only one to say 
that James Harden is by far one of the top five scorers of all time in NBA history. I've been on record by saying nobody scores in his prime. Nobody scores more fluently and efficiently than James Harden. Maybe Kevin Durant. Maybe Steph Curry. But I've seen James Harden do some things that those two young men can't do. I seen James create an entire move that the rest of the NBA followed. Nobody was doing a step back three until Harden started doing it. When he first started doing it, people thought he was traveling. Say, like, no, that's a travel. No, it's not. James has influenced a lot of NBA players. Don't believe me? Hey, if I hopped in my truck right now and drove right up 45 North to Dallas, drive around the city, see all these posters of Luka Doncic, I can say, hmm, look at James Harden Jr. I mean, of course Bill Simmons doesn't think so. Of course Bill Simmons thinks watching uh, James, uh, watching Luka Doncic is the first time he's ever seen anybody do something like that. And I was saying, but where were you at when, you, when James Harden was playing basketball? Where were you at doing those Rockets years when Harden was playing basketball? Because if I didn't know any better, if I could put them side by side, I'm looking at Luka Doncic do the exact same thing that James Harden did. So I have been on record as a diehard, diehard James Harden fan. But I know I can't be the only one I cannot be the only one to remember this. Surprised that y'all never made a run at all. I made a run at all in, the, in this one. Which is not good enough. Um, you know, we just, we don't, we don't, uh, obviously chemistry, talent-wise, just everything. And it was clear, um, like I said, these last few games, um, they just, you know, from the, from the beginning of the game, they were just aggressive. Uh, vet, veteran team, obviously, uh, championship team, and um, you know one of the best teams that we have in this league. Um, you know, I love this city. Um, I literally, you know, have done everything that I can. Um, you know, I mean, this, this situation is, is, is crazy. You know, it's something that uh, I don't think can be fixed. So, um, yeah, thanks. Just for reference, I was in the building that night. This was when COVID was going on, though, so they wouldn't allow reporters into the press conference room. So what we had to do was sit in the arena and wait, sit in Toyota Center and wait on the players to come to uh, the Zoom. We did all the press conferences through Zoom because of COVID protocol. So I'm sitting in there. And I'm saying to myself, James is sure taking a long time. James, James took so long that they cut the lights the people were finished cleaning. Like the people had finished cleaning up before James came to do his press conference. And I thought to myself, well, hell last time James took that long, Chris Paul was gone. Last time James took that long at the end of a season to come to a press conference, 
James uh, uh, Chris Paul was gone from the team. Chris Paul came out first. James took forever. He got there, kind of knew what was going on, by the way, the body language. You all just heard the video. You just heard what James said. Not good enough. Not good enough. Roster, ah, not good enough. But I, I, I guess I can't understand something, James. And maybe you can explain it for me. What I, what I can't understand is that if the roster that you were with in 2020, 20, the, 20, the start of the 2020-2021 season, that roster wasn't good enough. You, you all weren't good enough to compete according to you. Well, that ro roster also had P.J. Tucker and Daniel House on it. Two players I just watched play significant minutes in this last playoff series against the Boston Celtics. And I didn't see them do anything spectacular. I didn't see them do anything astronomical. I didn't see them do anything to help you all win. Like, I don't understand. So they weren't they weren't good in Houston, but they're good in Philly. PJ Tuck and Daniel House that you had here in Houston was terrible or wasn't good in Houston, but they're good enough to be with you in Philly. Eric Gordon wasn't good enough for you? Eric, Eric Gordon wasn't good enough for you? John Wall wouldn't have been good enough for you? You don't think that you and John Wall could have meshed? You and John Wall could have could have, could have meshed and played together? John is not a selfish player, especially not playing with a superstar like you. And if we keeping it a buck, if we keeping it a buck, the only reason John Wall was here is because of you okay let me explain something to you all so james is one of the reasons why the rockets traded for russell westbrook and got him here well when russell westbrook was here you remember clint capella was on the team and then russ was like ah, i can't play with clint capella because he you know blah he, he he it's a log jam in the paint i need to get to the paint and i can't get there because clint is there so then they got rid of clint capella and then after that they got rid of Russell Westbrook, and when they traded Russell Westbrook to the Wizards, they brought back John Wall. So all of this, like all of that is on you. And, Jay and John Wall got here, and you're telling me that you couldn't play with John Wall. You couldn't play with Eric Gordon. You couldn't play with P.J. Tucker. You couldn't play with Daniel House Jr. You couldn't play with a, a very good role player like Christian Wood. Like what a lot of people don't understand is that Christian Wood became a prima donna here in Houston because there was no one else left. That was it. John was still, you know, working his way back in injury, but he wasn't the 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 old John Wall from, from the Washington days. But with, you know, no James Harden here, he's looking around, he's saying, looks like it's an empty spot. I came here to be like the third or fourth option probably the fourth option on this team. But now it's going to turn out to me being the number one option. And as the number one option, then I'm, I got to think I'm starting to think like I'm a number one when really you're like a three and a half and I don't have nothing against Christian Wood, but like if we, if we keep it at 100, you're not a, that's not what you are Christian. And I think that you realize that once you got to Dallas and you started playing with talented people and they said, 
You ain't what you think you are, Christian. You're gonna have to let we're gonna have to show you that what you should have been in Houston, this is what you're going to be here in Dallas. So once again, I digress. I don't understand. The roster wasn't good enough for you here. Then how much better did it get for you when you got to Philly? Huh? I get it. Joel Embiid, MVP, way better than what you had here in Houston. I get it. When you first left, you got traded to the Brooklyn Nets. KD, Kyrie, way better than what you had here. But then two of those players ended up being with you and, and, and watching Boston beat you all on Sunday. And those same two players that weren't good enough for you here in Houston all of a sudden, good for you in Philly. But now, some NBA fans want you to return, James. Some NBA fans, some some Houston Rockets fans, some 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 of these 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 diehard Houston Rockets fans, some of these diehard James Harden stands. I'm not that far of a stand. To where I just bypass everything else and say, I just want James Harden back. He's going to make everything better. Really? Because if you couldn't do anything with that roster full of veterans, you want to be brought back to a roster that has 11 players with a combined 23 years of NBA experience. That's what you want, James. You want to be, you, you think that you couldn't win with that roster of veterans, but you can win with this roster of young people. You think you can win with the roster that has a uh, Jalen Green going into his third year, uh, Alperin Shingun going into his third year, Jabari Smith Jr. going into his second year, Kevin Porter Jr. going into his third, uh, third, fourth year. Then you got players like Tari Eason. You got Kenyon Martin Jr. You got Ty Ty Washington. You got Usman Garuba. You got Josh Christopher. Like that young nucleus of players, all of a sudden you coming back, James, is going to make them championship contenders? You know what? Not even championship contenders. You're going to get them in the playoffs? You couldn't do that with the veteran team, but you're going to do this with this young group of, of, group, group of players. You can do that. You. You. James Hart. That You. Yeah, James Harden. They want you to lead the next wave of Houston Rockets basketball into the future. You, James Harden. They want you to be the face and the brand of the next wave of Houston Rockets basketball when you couldn't even lead and be the face of the Brooklyn Nets. When you had two Hall of Famers in, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. You got injured? Okay, cool. You wanted out of that situation? Cool. Just like you left, that you wanted out of the situation in Houston. They got you out of the situation in Brooklyn. You went to Philly. Then you got to Philly, and you're playing with another NBA, a uh, future NBA first ballot Hall of Famer and the reigning MVP in Joel Embiid. And you couldn't lead them nowhere. You disappeared in game six and seven. But all of a sudden, you can come back here and lead this wave of young talent into the future when you couldn't do it, when you play with three Hall of Famers? You couldn't do it when you just got through playing 
with the MVP and the other two guys that wasn't good enough in Houston, but they were good enough in Philly, and you think that you can come back here and lead these guys? You left chasing the ring. You left to chase a ring. If you come back to Houston, you'll still be chasing the ring, but you're not going to get it with this group. And what is your window anyway? Two or three years of not being super-duper star, but being good, James Harden? Your, your, your window is closing. So if the Rockets bring you back, what do they bring you back here for player development and then let you go on so they can retire your jersey in the uh, in the Toyota Center? Which, by the way, that's the only time I really want to see you, like, outside of being on an opposing team. Like, if you're going to be in Houston on a consistent basis, you're going to be at the Toyota Center. Like, the only reason I want you to be there is because they've hung your jersey in the rafters. They retired your jersey and put it in the rafters. Rafters. That's it. Your window is closing. We've watched what you... you we, we, I, we've watched peak James Harden. We've, we've seen that. And you've had an outstanding career. You have had an amazing career. We've watched peak James Harden. But at this point, every listen, James, time catches up with everyone. Everyone. And it's caught up to you. And it's living with you. And it travels with you. No matter if you're at the, at the arena, no matter if you're at practice, no matter if you're at the strip club, no matter if you're at the club, no matter when you're on a private jet, no matter if you're in the studio with a little baby, no matter if you're at your restaurant, time is time is caught up with you and it is with you. And it is saying, hey, James, sooner or later, instead of me hanging out with you, you're going to be forced to hang out with me. If the Rockets organization bring you back here, it will only be a money grab. It would only be to sell tickets. Because there's no possible way they can think that they can win a championship with you. And that pains me to say it, James, because I am a fan of yours. But there's no possible way I want to see you back in Houston with that young core of players that have just that, that are starting to to get themselves together. And by the way, as I get ready to get up out of here, I may be a little bit salty, James, because you ruined my birthday. January twelfth is my birthday. That's my that's my actual government born day, January twelfth. I couldn't even get out and go enjoy what I wanted to do for my birthday because I'm sitting there waiting on you. To come and quit. I couldn't even enjoy what I needed to do on my birthday. I couldn't even really get out there and do what I wanted to do because I had to wait on you. To come to the podium. To come to the press conference. And quit. Another side note. There's a there's a lot a, a large conglomerate of people in the NBA, players, former players, people in the organization that's under the impression. I don't want to say under the impression. That's the wrong word. There's a lot of people that think that 
think this, James, and I want you to know this. I'm going to say this right here on Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. James, there's a lot of people that think that if you come back to Houston, if there's some way that you end up back in Houston to end, to end your career here, if there is some possible way that the Houston Rockets organization hires you, there's a lot of people that will look down on you because they felt like you did coach Silas wrong. They felt like you didn't give that, that you didn't give coach Silas an opportunity to at least coach you. Especially when you and Russ gave the thumbs up for him to come here. He thought that he was coming here to coach you and Russ. And then they traded Russ and then you quit on him. And then we, we, we've seen the results. He had to go through three years of turmoil. He was never really able to coach. A lot of what he had to do was try to develop young men into being young men. He had to teach teenagers how to be NBA players. He had to teach teenagers how to go through the day-to-day life of being an NBA players. He had to go through the ups and the downs Last year, last season, the oldest starter for the Houston Rockets was 22 years old. The youngest was 19. Going up against NBA veterans, grown men. You got teenagers. You got teenagers and 20-year-olds, young men, going up against grown men in the NBA A lot of people believe that Coach Silas was not given a fair chance. A lot of people believe that Coach Silas was not given the opportunity to show and display that he could be a very good head coach. And if you come back to Houston, James, a lot of that falls on you. Because you left, and once you left, that started the the downward spiral of the rebuild. The roster was gutted. Hell, sometimes Coach Silas had to coach players he didn't even know their names. Kyrie Thomas, for example. There were players who had to, who were signed, had to catch a flight, catch a bus, get to the arena, and was naming and was learning the names of some of the players on the team during the game. Having been through one practice, did not know what the hell was going on, but. Go back and look at the amount of lineups that, that that Coach Silas had during that COVID season. That season you decided to leave, James, and didn't want to be here anymore. And then the second season he had to go, he's still trying to coach these young men. He got, you know, got rookies. He got he, he got rookies who are who, rookies and second year players who are supposed to lead team lead lead the Rockets team to a playoff when they just got into the NBA. And then this past season, he get more rookies and a teenager into his starting lineup, and he was supposed to be successful. And now they fire him, and you want to come back. A lot of these people feel like if you come back here, James, that's a big F for you to coach Silas. And a lot of these people that are telling me this are African-American. And they're looking at it as this is what you did 
to an African-American male. Something you probably wouldn't have never done to Daryl Morey. Been tuning to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. Make sure you're following me on the Twitter at Big Sarge Sports with a Z at the end. Follow me on the Tick and the Talk at Big Sarge Media and my YouTube channel, Big Sarge Media. I'm out. But wait, hear me out. Emotional damage. But wait, hear me out. Emotional damage.